0: pacers lose to the bucks and then there's drama with the game ball it's actually right here in my hand. just kidding i had to take this off the prop just to hold it but we have a lot to talk about as the pacers winning streak ends on today's locked on pacers podcast you are locked on pacers your daily indiana pacers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Happy Thursday, y'all, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East, I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, what on earth just happened? A three-hour game, Giannis scores 64, Oscar Sheboy scores his first NBA point, the Pacers winning streak ends, and then drama over the game ball which I will pretend to hold the game ball again to make my joke that I actually am the one who has the game ball weirdest ending to a game and already a kind of strange game a lot of intensity clearly some personalness to the Bucks who've been beaten by the Pacers twice it was something it was really something Pacers never really got going Bucks crushed them in the fourth Pacers rallied back Giannis did his thing there's a lot of basketball to talk about but I think everybody is here primarily to hear about the unusual thing that happened after the game. So I will start with, I don't know what people are going to call this, Ballgate is what I have seen the most so far on the internet. Let me start by saying I was not there. Clearly, I'm in my house. I did not travel to Milwaukee for this game. I don't know anything. I can only go on what we can see from broadcast cameras, what we can see from photographers, what we can hear people say who were there, right? All these I, I can talk about that, right? And so, yes, this can get a little confusing without knowing anything that happened or anything like that. So here is the situation at play and all the factors you, the listener here, who did not see this and have not consumed anything about this need to know. The Bucks beat the Pacers pretty handily. Uh, the fourth quarter was all Bucks. 140-126 was the final score. We'll talk about the game in the second segment here. Giannis was unbelievable. And we will talk about his scoring night because people had issue with the way he did it. I don't really think it matters. Whatever. He scored 64 points. That's his career high. That's a Bucks franchise record. That is thing one you need to know. Thing two you need to know. Damian Lillard broke Kyle Korver's record and moved into fifth place all time and made three pointers in NBA history by making two. Reggie Miller is actually next up in front of him. Thing three you need to know. Oscar Shibwe, Pacers rookie center. Uh, this game was a blowout at times in the fourth quarter. Came in for the final 5 minutes and 54 seconds, and he made a free throw. That's his first official NBA point. He did score in the in-season tournament finals. That's not an official game, but does it count as a regular season game. But he did score a free throw in that game as well. So there's all the things that happened in this game. And so, as the game ends, Giannis, thinking he just scored a franchise record, passed Michael Redd, set his own career high, had the best game scoring-wise he's ever had, wants the game ball. The Pacers have done this forever. Where when someone scores their first point, they get them the game ball. We've seen the video the Pacers posted on social media of Gabe York getting his at the end of the 2022 season. Dwayne Washington has posted his on Instagram from when he scored in early 2020, uh, early in the season in 2021. Right, we have seen this be a thing the Pacers do for guys when they score their first basket. So. I'm going to try to go chronologically, although it's really hard to tell because, again, I wasn't there and we're going out of videos. So there is a video going around where the final buzzer sounds and immediately a Bucks someone, someone in a Bucks jacket, walks on the floor and gets a game ball, presumably the game ball, although, again, it's hard to tell what's going on, from the ref. Okay. Then there's like a couple minutes after the game, guys do their handshakes and stuff like that. And what was said by Rick Carlisle, the Pacers head coach, this is all from the Bally Sports Indiana broadcast and Dustin Dopierak of the Indy Star, who was there, his tweets said that they took a reserve game ball, a different one back, to give to Oscar Sheebway. Giannis uh, thought, and he says he knew. Giannis says he knew. So if we're going on Giannis's word, the Pacers did take the game ball. Giannis said someone with the Pacers took the actual game ball back to the Pacers' side, into their locker room, into their side uh, of the hallway and was very angry about this. And so the video you can see from the broadcast is he sprints back to their hallway side. And some security guard's trying to stop him and is unsuccessful. And there's actually a side view from the tunnel that gets posted where you can see some of the Pacers players coming back out to where that tunnel is to kind of like see what's going on, get involved in the action. And then there's some pictures from some outlets and video from behind from some broadcasts to where one Bucks player, I don't know who it is, but in street close of someone who didn't play is there Giannis is there his brothers there we see in a photo I think campaign said he was there I, I, I can't be certain all I know for certain is both onto the Kumpo brothers were there but there were definitely more Bucks players trying to get this ball apparently there was as Rick Carlisle called it a fracas <laughs> uh, he also called it a melee uh, over this ball Chad Buchanan got elbowed in the ribs Rick Carlisle said um, over this ball so that is the story of Ballgate. Giannis comes back on the floor and he joins this this group that is Tyrese Halliburton Lloyd Pierce Damian Lillard Chris Middleton they're talking on the court I don't know about what it didn't seem like it was a heated conversation Giannis joins it. he's so mad and he's telling Lloyd Pierce and Halliburton to get off the floor and that's all we could see that's the video we could see everybody goes back to their locker rooms Rick Carlisle does his postgame presser he calls it unfortunate um if I have to have a take because I am a, a, an internet user who's supposed to have a take about everything, it all seems like a big misunderstanding just from the chronological order of events we can see with where balls go, but I don't know what ball was actually used in games, I don't know what was suppo- how where they're supposed to be distributed, who holds them, Like what? I don't know what the deal is. There's another video of Mike Weiner walking off the floor holding a basketball. Presumably that could be the one for Oscar, that's the reserve ball, but I don't know. Again, I'm only going on video, I was not there. Anyway, uh, it was weird. I've never seen anything like that, obviously. Giannis is said after the game he does not think the ball that he has is the game ball. He said it feels too new. He he played. He said he played 35 minutes, and he thinks he would know what it feels like. The reason Damian Lillard is relevant in this is uh, for his three-point thing is because Giannis wanted a second ball for Dame as well apparently And so I guess a reserve ball would then go to him instead of Shibwe and Shibwe also scored in the in-season tournament final game So that is to my knowledge to at this point 2 12 in the morning everything I have seen uh, And know about what this could be I have no idea if this is any sort of standard practice on which team gets what ball and who it's supposed to go to. I do know the Pacers have done this before with the first points for their players thing because I cover the Pacers, so I know the things they do. I don't know what the standard practice is with the home team, and I've never seen a first point come at the same time as someone scoring 64 points and someone else passing someone else on an all-time list. There's so many things at play here. I'm not going to sit here and be the basketball god who says, this guy was wrong and this guy was right. I'm not interested in saying, who did something out of line compared to basketball tradition, because I don't know them, and I wasn't there to say this, compared to human decency, elbowing someone in the ribs and causing that big of a fracas, I don't know what was said or who started what or what what that deal was, but elbowing someone in the ribs, bruising someone's ribs, that's a bridge too far, right? Clearly this got bigger than what it should have been, and clearly someone is saying something inaccurate or slightly wrong about the whole situation, I'm only saying that because Tyrese Halberton tweeted a picture of um, Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat, but the cover of the book is edited to say the cap on this app, so apparently some information being spread on Twitter is wrong or inaccurate, I, I don't know, it's been very, it's very weird. Um, Giannis has a ball. He does not think it's the right ball. I don't know if Oscar Shiboy has a ball We don't we don't know about that um, Dustin Dopierak of the Indy Star go to his feed to get good minute like at minutes after the game breakdowns of what was said by who and where he adds that he does not endorse Anyone's version of events here because that's what makes it so wild is that a lot happened, right? a lot of people were involved and people saying different things and being a part of different things. Um, and there was a lot of tension and intensity that led up to it in this game, right? Aaron Neesmith had a very hard foul on Antetokounmpo in, I think, the third quarter. He got a flagrant one for it. He got a tech. Bobby Portis got a tech. He fouled him hard, and then he tried to grab him to like pick him up, but be, but it didn't work, so it actually made the foul worse. Um, Bobby Portis like made it worse. And then Bobby Portis was John with Obi Toppin. He got ejected. And then Giannis was in in garbage time because he was so close to the franchise record. I think this is why, uh, that he played like a ton. Even when the Pacers had, you know, Ben Shepard, Jairus Walker, Jordan Wara, Oscar Shibuya on the floor, Giannis stayed in. Now, listen, people are complaining about that in the on the like Pacers fans, not people with the Pacers, to be clear. I think that's lame. (laughs) It's very cool that he got the record and stayed in there. Don't complain about that. Like, everybody was talking about how cool it was that the in-season tournament, like, got rid of these rules and Got rid of the absurdity of, like, unwritten rules. I'm all about the Giannis going for it stuff. The game's 48 minutes. Guard the dude. Like, that's cool to me that he did that and got the record. He earned it. He played well and deserves it. That that was fine. I get the Pacers not being happy about it. He got to the line a million times. And then the Pacers reserves actually made it a game again. So he had to come back in anyway. So, he earned those last points. Any whom by the end of things, that that doesn't matter how you feel about that. Doesn't matter. What does matter is there was a lot of absurdity at the end, and there's no real clarity on like, what, where, which ball is what or why. The one I jokingly had is obviously not it. Um, so who knows who has what ball? Who knows what is the standard practice besides the NBA players themselves? But from what we can see, drama, weirdness, uh, and this might be becoming a rivalry intensity all game long like I said with the hard fouls with Bobby Portis getting ejected with Giannis scoring down the stretch this is a week after the Pacers beat the Bucs in the in-season tournament semifinals and Tyrese Halberton did the Damian Lillard look at the watch celebration after the game the Pacers have already beaten the Bucks twice before that game this season this is a thing now this is very cool and how about this for a way to make it even better these two teams play on January 1st and then again on January 3rd so tensions can rise those games are soon. One's in Milwaukee, and then one's in Indy. Very cool. Uh, rivalry brewing, I love that. Tyrese Halbert a Wisconsin kid. I mean, it, it's just awesome theater, that part of it is. The nonsense of what happened in the scuffle with the ball, I'm going to call it nonsense. I don't know what ha- I I can't tell you what should have happened, but from what we can tell, it all just looks like a giant misunderstanding. And that's the end of that. The Pacers will play again on Friday. The Bucks will play their next game, and this will be forgotten soon-ish. I'm sure tomorrow we will learn a little more from both teams, or World Wide Wob, who's been posting a ton of videos about it, we will put out his Wob investigation, and we'll learn more. Uh, but for now, that's everything we know. Everything I saw, I don't care to opine, except don't injure people over... Don't don't do that. <laughs> people humans don't do that. Don't throw punches. Don't elbow people in the ribs. Don't do that. Um, let's talk about the game. <laughs> there was a basketball game, quite an intense. Like I said, basketball game pacers were in it until they weren't until they were again until they weren't. What went wrong? Why is their losing streak over and why can't they stop Giannis? Why can't anybody stop Giannis? We have a lot to talk about as we continue here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. Before we get to any of that, though, we are going to talk about the lovely people over at FanDuel. The weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, if you're a new customer over on FanDuel, you can get $150 in bonus bets. How about that? With any winning $5 Moneyline bet, 150 bones if your team wins. What a deal that is. Just 5 bucks to win 150 If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel with an offer like that, now is the absolute perfect time to get in on the action. They have an app, and it's very easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options on said app, including over-under, spreads, player props, whatever your favorite is, FanDuel's got them, and a chance to win 150 bucks if you visit FanDuel.com slash That's a great way to kick off the NFL season. Get going with the NBA or NHL in there as well. Check it out on FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on Locked On Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Check out Locked On Bucks to get their perspective, one, on Giannis' career game, two, on whatever the heck I just talked about for 12 minutes somehow. I didn't think I could get a segment out of it, and then I overdid it. Um, I hope I didn't say anything incorrect or false. I am, again, not there and going off of what I can read on the Internet. And fans are hilarious about this stuff. Uh, check out Lockdown Bucks though for their perspective on all this as well. They're doing a killer job covering a Bucks team that has had quite an interesting season. They did play a game. There wasn't before the the kerfuffle, um, the hullaboo at the end. There was in fact a game. The Pacers were ahead early. They were in it for a while, like in the fourth quarter. They were really right there. Uh, down five early in the fourth, and then down twenty midway through the fourth. Right, truly. That quarter was what did it because the Pacers started well and were, you know, down one at times in the third quarter. Like it was a competitive game until Giannis just completely dominated, completely dominated in the final frame. Now, the thing that made this game tough for the Pacers, a couple things. Um, one is they shot ungodly bad from three. They finished at 11 for 36 which is 30.6%, which sounds great, right? That's a nice percentage. That includes Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard in the last six minutes of the game, and Jordan Wara, actually, hitting four threes. They went four for nine in the fourth quarter, and those guys were the ones who hit the four threes in garbage time. If you take away those, the actual in-the-rotation Pacers players were seven for 36, which is a much different thing. They had an awful, awful shooting night outside of Miles Turner. Nobody was feeling it from deep. And part two of this was Giannis was just bullying his way to the rim. Pacers have never had an answer for him. He had a 50-point game against the Pacers earlier this season. He had 32 free throws. Absurd to see that number right now. 32 free throws in this game. 64 points on 28 shots. It's just insane. Um, That makes the game slower. And the Pacers, who love their up-tempo game can't get into what they're doing. In fact, I'm actually kind of impressed they scored 126 given the stylings of this game. Their offense was still able to find enough ways to score even if it wasn't enough to like actually be in it at the end. Um, it was just very much not the way the Pacers can win because a lot of the other stuff Like, they had a lot of turnovers late with that lineup, I just said, on the floor, but they they won the rebounding battle, 45-43. to Like I said, the turnovers late ruined it, but they were within three on the turnover battle. Um, So, the free throws make this skewed, but the Pacers took 11 more shots. Now, the Bucs took 16 more free throws, but like, from a possession perspective, it wasn't that skewed. The Pacers just couldn't play their style offensively, so from a game perspective, the speed of this was killer, and the Pacers, they created pretty good shots. Like, Buddy healed six were open. He missed all but one of them. Bruce Brown missed all three of his. Halliburton goes one for four. Like, all that stuff, if you're the Pacers, right, that's two for 13. And Bruce Brown hasn't shot it well recently, but Heald and Halliburton have th- this season been 40% or better. Even though Heald's kind of been a roller coaster, like you'd expect more from those guys, and they didn't get it, so that's of course going to hurt them. Although Bruce Brown filled up the stat sheet in other ways, Um so that hurt them. Obi Toppin was two for seven from the field as well, so just shot accuracy from the Pacers starters was not there. Right, they couldn't play their style, they couldn't get it done because of the speed of the game. The physicality did not favor the Pacers, and the Bucks rim defense was also very good. Credit to the Bucks, like if the Pacers aren't shooting threes. They did zone up a little bit, but they held the Pacers to 56 points in the paint and forced 18 turnovers. Like credit to the Pacers, or excuse me, the Bucks for all that. They made it hard for the Pacers to score and play their style and get the, the points they needed to get at the basket. The reason the Pacers were in it to some extent one, they themselves got 32 free throws up, which matches Giannis, it's, it's, it's so silly to say. Dame took nine free throws, uh, the rest of the Bucks took seven. The Pacers got to the foul line themselves for 32 foul shots. Matherin with 10 again, his second straight game crushing it in that department. Seven for Halliburton, right? That kept them in it even though they weren't killing it, and they did shoot well on twos specifically, um, Halliburton did well on his twos, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, they all shot well. Bruce Brown, all those guys were well over 50% inside the arc. Aaron Nesmith was as well. Um, So they were finishing plays well in general, and their bench was fantastic, right? Matherin, 14 points on eight shots. Aaron Nesmith was playing pretty well on both ends. Isaiah Jackson continues to just be fantastic when he plays, and TJ McConnell was the engine making it all happen like he has been so often in these last couple games. And so that in the first and third quarter was significant to keep the Pacers in the game. Like they had some basketball stuff go well. I actually think, right? I said this yesterday, previewing this game. I thought this would be a letdown game for the Pacers. If I knew Tyrese Halberton would have 2,000 fans coming from Oshkosh, I maybe wouldn't have thought it to this extent. Although Halberton, 22-7, and seven, a down night for him statistically. Credit to the Bucks for that. But just given the Pacers... 10 day stretch leading up to this right the the most emotional in-season tournament games possible and then they have such a, a down a come down from that to come right back to the regular season, and especially playing in Detroit where there were like very few fans there. The attention changes significantly. They didn't even play that well against the Pistons, but the Pistons stink. So they were able to win. But the, the momentum ran out, certainly, at times for this one, especially defensively. They did not have a good defensive game at all. A lot of that is they can't guard Giannis. So they never have been able to. That's why every time they play the Bucs, I say, well, they can't really beat Giannis. And this was... Absurd to the most absurd degree. That's his one of his, if not his number one, best game ever. But like Middleton was six for 11. Uh, Bobby Portis was killing them before he got ejected. 19 points on the inside. Bo Champ had a nice game. Andre Jackson, my draft crush, was everywhere. Like a lot of stuff from the Bucks' size, was successful as well. And they they just played a really good game. And the Pacers had a, a sort of expected down-ish night, although their energy was higher than I thought. They just were out-talented and couldn't overcome it in ways they have before. And it's funny because it's easy to point to the shooting and say they shot bad, but they beat the Bucks with a bad shooting game last week. They just defended a little better, did a little better getting to the rim and finishing at the rim and weren't so deterred by that zone. So a week later, the Bucks figure some stuff out and look like, the better team, I mean, they just, they couldn't, they started out so good, Pacers up 14-6, but as the game progressed, as the Bucs' zone got going, as the Bucks aggression got going, right, the Pacers needed to be a little more patient, but they couldn't find the right pace, they couldn't get to the right shots, and all in all, it just led to a chippy, intense game, and that favored Milwaukee, and credit to them, they were the better team, and now might be headed towards a Central Division rivalry, some drama, some gross play, uh, and gross in a good way from both teams. I cannot wait until early January when we get to see these two teams play again. Pfizer uh, Forum gets the first one. Indy gets the second one. It's all going to be crazy, and the intensity is going to be ramped up to the absolute highest degree once again. Can't wait to cover that here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. A couple other things I want to note and point out uh, from this game and in general about some players on the Pacers as we wrap up today's show and their struggles, of course, against Giannis. Before we do any of that, we are going to talk about the lovely people over at Dave, the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less, no credit check and no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest then settle up later. Their extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, whatever you need, without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. That's it, D-A-V-E. You can download Dave today at Dave.com slash That's Dave.com slash MBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash LockdownMBA. Again, $500 up to that in five minutes. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. Back here on Lockdown Pacers. Thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. We've got more to talk about from Pacers Bucks. Plenty going on (laughs) with The end of the game, the game itself, Pacers 2-1 against the Bucs now, but that one reinforced to me why I still think the Bucs are just such a tough matchup for this Pacers team. Like, my first note, actually technically my second, one of my first notes every time the Pacers play a team with multiple stars is who's guarding who. So technically my first air quotes type note is Bruce Brown on Damian Lillard, which is what I expected. My second one is, Bunny healed on Giannis. Bunny doing everything he can on GA early is what it actually says. He was trying. He couldn't do a whole lot because Giannis is enormous and athletic and can score from anywhere and in a game like this where there's lots of whistles. This game took forever. Holy cow, with all the free throws. Just as an aside, I think NBA.com used to have the time of the game on there. I don't see it here. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's only on ESPN's charting of a game. This game took forever it almost took three hours because of how many free throws there were like whistles on both ends all night and Giannis of course getting fouled as much as he did a lot of people were not happy with how often he got fouled um made this game really slow paced but this is they're just a very very tough like I just said with those two matchups like straight up matchup for the Pacers Obi Toppin started and he was on Chris Middleton you could flip Buddy Heald on to Middleton and, and topping on Giannis if you want, I would point to the first and second game these two teams played and say, well, that didn't really work either, did it? And Obi actually fouled out anyway in under 20 minutes, right? It's it's not that easy to just do that. Giannis had over fifty the first time when that was a more of a direct matchup. Like the only modicum of success the Pacers have had on him was that Matherin stretch at the end of the game in Indiana, uh back in November, right? They just don't have a good answer for him. Now, to the credit of the Pacers a little bit, no one does. Giannis is, is an MVP candidate for a reason. Shane Young, who was on this show before the season predicting who he thought would win MVP, he predicted Giannis. Like some people think right now he is the MVP this season. I don't, but some do. He's been awesome. He's definitely in the top two or three for a reason. Actually, after tonight, he might be in the top two, not two, of that list. And so, yeah, no one has an answer, air quotes, for him, but the Pacers really don't. Like they have to put Turner on Lopez because Brooke Lopez actually can be threatening and he had six blocks in this game, so you need the cross-matching to go your way there if you're the Pacers too, because you're trying to play in transition so much. So you have to do something weird. Maybe they need to change the starting five when they play the Bucks because they didn't have any answers for that. And their second unit can have advantages against the Bucs, but if you disrupt that... Like, that, that's where the Pacers were their most successful. Isaiah Jackson's 13 minutes went great. Matherin was getting to the line. Like, they they found ways to succeed with Neesmith on the floor. You know, if you change up your rotations, does the bench group actually work? Do you get your advantage there anymore? Who knows? So, the Bucks are always going to be, with Giannis on that team, a tough matchup for the Pacers, unless the Pacers have, like, a dramatically different roster, and that doesn't seem like something that's going to happen. So, I don't expect them to have the like they have to shoot well like last year when they won in Milwaukee they went nuts from three right they have to shoot well I, the winning last week was so impressive because they didn't shoot well and they still found a way to get it done so it's, ju- it's just a terrible matchup for them and that was the first note I had about how horrible it's going to be the Pacers rapid speed at the beginning they were up 14-6 right so the speed is important for them but they couldn't get to it in this game with all the whistles and with the way it was going and so as the Pacers shot selection kind of faded to me, right, it felt like they weren't being patient enough, which maybe that was intentional. They were trying to speed themselves up. That really hurt them, and the Bucks co- coached them into those kind of shots all night, especially as they went into the zone. Um, Halberton's floater kind of got them out of that funk, but it went back to it as, as Portis started killing them. So chippy game, lots of drama, double big lineup got broken out, Pacers could not get it done. And there's drama. If you want to listen to that beginning segment again because you just want to relive it, be my guest. I I am excited to never talk about it again until early January uh, when it becomes a story when the Pacers play the Bucks again. Um, I am a little bit looking forward to that, I should say. Uh, there's still a lot to talk about uh, here on Lockdown Pacers trade season. Actually, is about to start. Tomorrow is December 15th, which is the unofficial, not really, start of the discussions in the discourse because that's when a lot of players can be traded all of a sudden. So we will talk about it a little bit on tomorrow's show. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about today. One, Jalen Smith would have been massive to have uh, for the Pacers in this game. Like He was pretty helpful on Giannis the first time. Uh, just a guy to soak up fouls, give them some size. He, him not being there, of course... Uh, is very challenging, and I don't think he would have gotten them a win or anything, but he, you know, they're missing a player who is good for them off the bench all season. Two, late in the game, six minutes to go. Carlisle turns to Jerris Walker, Ben Shepard, Chiwe Wara. Uh, Shepard was playing awesome. He had eight points in under six minutes. Jerris Walker hit a three, had two assists. I still maintain his best offensive skill is going to be his passing. He also had four fouls in six minutes. Do with that information what you will. Shibwe, I would have actually made a point, no pun intended, to talk about his first NBA points. I like when guys make their debut. Oscar Shibwe's basketball reference page now has stats on it. Congratulations to him. He earned that by playing well in the G League and, of course, having the 2A contract in the first place. Jordan Wara filled up the stat sheet in under six minutes. He didn't miss a shot. He had two rebounds, assists, and a steal against his former team. Credit to all those guys. Pacers' third unit is fantastic, and I like to talk about them when I can just because... I do think it's a tough situation for those guys given either where they are uh, or their contract status that they can't play on a deep Pacers team. So that is it for Pacers Bucks. This one is going to be a circled back upon game, a circled back to show because a lot happened in this game. And the Pacers winning the first two, the celebrations in the in-season tournament, now the end of this game, the hard fouls, the ejections. We might be headed towards a rivalry, and I love rivalries, so I would be excited if that does, in fact, become the case. It's more fun to cover. All the games have more juice. I look forward to that. Like I said, tomorrow, we'll spend a little bit of time talking trades, just a little bit of time. I will air out my thoughts about what I think of the direction of the Pacers, what it means for their potential transactions this season, and we'll talk a little bit about the Wizards, who they play uh, Friday night they put the Timberwolves Saturday night so next Monday we will talk about that back to back and of course if permitted anything that may come from this Pacers Bucks uh, fallout I doubt it but you never know something like this that leads to an, an off-court thing that gets very publicized maybe the NBA will talk about it or look into it a little bit either way you know you get the best coverage of the Pacers here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast if you have any questions about anything I said today or think I said something dumb because I usually do I'm on Twitter, at Tony R. East. This podcast is on Twitter, at Locked on Pacers. Like I said, back tomorrow, talking wizards, talking trades. Till then, everybody, have a fantastic rest of your day.